He came up in May. It was a little later than we wanted, but he won Most Valuable Oriole, and he might just win American League Rookie of the Year. It's Adley Rutschman, and we're going to break down his incredible rookie season in 2022 coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, 2022. (laughs) And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And today I am joined once again on the podcast by Joe Paparato. He is the sports producer over at WBAL TV 11, of course, covering the Ravens, the O's, everything Baltimore sports. But we usually have him on to uh, talk about some player seasons here. And Joe, we were just talking about it off the air. You know, I kind of give free reign to the guests like, hey, you know, pick who's left, who hasn't been taken. And you didn't pick first, but Adley Rutschman was still on the board. So we're going to talk about the best player on this Orioles team. Yeah, there were about seven or eight players that you you said were already taken. Uh, a few that were questionable, and I had to go down the roster and see who I wanted. And um, I glossed over Adley because I figured he was already on the list. But, um, yeah, let, let's tackle this. This is, this is the big one. Yeah. Let's have some fun. And, you know, it's interesting because this is the third offseason I've done this series. And generally I would say the last two years – maybe not overwhelmingly negative, but in general, you're not getting a whole lot of positive across the board. I feel like throughout this series, this player review series, it's been positive, positive, positive. And pretty much everyone has outplayed expectations. Now for Adley Rutschman, it's interesting because we had some sky high expectations and here's where I want to start. I feel like after that tough stretch, the first couple weeks he was in the big leagues, he adjusted he basically met these like soaring expectations that we had for him. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a little, it was a little discouraging at first, but you know, if you're real, if you're realistic about it, it's going to take a little bit of time for somebody like him to come up here and immediately make an impact. I thought because of the, they were playing well enough, their record didn't show it that Adley would come up and immediately there wouldn't really be too much pressure on him. Um, And I think that helped him come along in those first few weeks. And then as soon as June hit, everything just clicked. Every, everything about him just clicked, started making more contact, started hitting more line drives, um, just saw the ball so much better, was doing really well with the pitching staff and everything he did, really to me exceeded anything that I thought that he would be able to do in his first year. He's doing things that we probably, or I didn't expect him to do until maybe year two or three. So that was, that was incredible to see on all levels of his game. Yeah, it was, it was everything he did was, was honestly spectacular. (laughs) And I think you could say maybe the one thing is he didn't hit for as much power as we thought, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's kind of the only thing. I mean, it's that and just kind of having a tough stretch his first couple of weeks, but that's to be expected for most rookies. Now, here's the stats that we got from Adley this year. After he was called up in mid to late May, he got 113 games with the Orioles, 470 plate appearances, 
Adley hit 254 with a 362 on base percentage and a 445 slugging. That was good for a 133 WRC plus, meaning he was 33% better than a league average hitter this year. Almost a 14% walk rate, which was elite. Just an 18% strikeout rate. Very good in today's game of baseball. 13 home runs for him on the season. He drove in 42. He even stole four bases. And he was worth 5.3 war, according to fan graphs, which heavily led this Orioles team, despite not even being on the opening day roster. And it's either going to be him or Julio Rodriguez. I think it'll probably be Rodriguez, but Adley's going to finish second in AL Rookie of the Year. I mean... Besides the fact that he got injured, so we couldn't see him play in April and half of May, it seemed like pretty much all we could ask for for Adley Rutschman. So where I want to start, honestly, is the thing that when you watch him at the plate stands out the most. Mm-hmm. For a rookie, he's got the best batter's eye I think I've ever seen for a first-year big league player. You see that in the 14% walk rate. I mean, the crazy stat, his walk rate in the majors this year was better than his combined AAA walk rate from last year and, of course, that little spurt you know, in rehab this year. His batter's eye got better when he saw the best pitching he was ever seeing. He just doesn't chase. Yeah, it almost, it almost doesn't even make sense how someone just coming in and finally seeing Major League Pitching is this confident. And it's not cockiness. And he doesn't walk around like he does have this confidence. He walks around like, I belong here. I've been here forever. And that's what it seems like. It seems like he's been here forever. Like he's this, this seasoned vet who's, who's been around the block, won a bunch of games, been to the postseason. He just, the batter's eye, like you said, is incredible. He, uh, his chase percentage um, is so low his whiff percentage is 88 percentile. So even when he is swinging, he's not, he's not missing. Um, And even when he does actually chase, he gets 80, he hits 82% of the balls that he actually does chase. So even when he's making the mistake of going for the slider in the dirt or, or going for the curveball inside, like he's making the contact, he's keeping at bats alive. And, I don't think I mean I'm I'm sure he's up there in pitches taken uh per per plate appearance. Um he rarely ever has that quick out. All of his outs are very productive. You know that you're you know that a pitcher is gonna see him and know I'm at least gonna have to throw six pitches here. Um so he built he does the little things right and they all add up and it'll drive up the pitch, drive up the pitch count, it'll get him on base. Um, you know, you can't really, you can't pitch to him and you, you, and you really can't pitch around him either. So, um, that quiet confidence that he has is something that I don't think I've seen on this team in a very long time. You go back to the buck years and you had a lot of those guys, they were, they were first pitch hitters. The entire buck era, it was the, the Jones, the, the Davises, the, um, you know, the, the, the Manny's that they're all trying to hit a five run home run uh, in, in the clutch and Adley comes up with, with runners on and he's okay with taking that walk. And that's, that's the best part. He's not trying to be the hero at the end of the season that adds up. And eventually he, 
you know, does earn those accolades. Yeah. And you look at some of those stats you talked about. I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> he's only chasing 25% of the pitches he sees out of the zone. And that's already a great number. Like now Ryan Malcast is a guy who's kind of on the other side of the spectrum, but he's mm-hmm. chasing almost 50%. So mm-hmm. that's what you're looking at with Adley Rutschman. But the big stat that you mentioned, this is just a different way to talk about it. He's only swinging and missing 6% of his swings. So, you know, he's barely swinging and missing at anything. And when he is chasing, which he doesn't do, he's making contact. Really the only thing about his game at the plate, again, we talked about the power. He did have a good amount of called strikeouts. And sometimes they were because his batter's eye was better than the umpires. Sometimes it's because, you know, maybe he's being a little too selective. Uh, There was a lot of times where those big breaking balls that would kind of start above the zone and break in. He struggled a little bit to recognize that pitch. But again, every rookie is going to have something to work on. But in general, he sees pitches so so well in the batter's box it's it's just insane and and when he gets a pitch in the zone and he swings at it he makes contact 92 percent of the time he just doesn't swing and miss at pitches in the strike zone so you're almost scared to throw him strikes because you know he's going to put it in play but then if you throw a ball he's going to take it and and the big moment i always think about this year is it was that game against oakland i believe in august and he was getting the night off uh, you know, he had played, I think, maybe four days in a row. He was getting one of his days off. Chirinos was catching. And the O's offense just couldn't get it going against a bad Oakland staff. It was a 2-2 game in the bottom of the eighth inning. And Brandon Hyde goes to Adley with one out and the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth. And Adley Rutschman takes six consecutive pitches to draw a 3-2 RBI walk to give the O's the lead in a game they would win. And it was a funny at-bat because both the called strikes were actually off the corner. And if there was like the robo zone, it would have been a four pitch walk. So he just sat there. And even though he had two strikes called on him, which were balls, he still didn't chase because he trusted his eye. And he took that three, two pitch, which was off the plate and took a walk. And it was to me, the most fascinating at bat where a guy has never swung maybe in the history of baseball. And that's kind of what he does. It's like, he makes it look cool without taking the bat off his shoulder sometimes. Yeah, I, and like you said, he almost looks at too many pitches. Um, that might be my only gripe with him, but you come into a game that's close and it's late and you have the bases loaded. Anybody, I don't care what age you are, is going to want to be that guy that just says, I'm just looking to make contact. That, that's what you hear in the post-game interviews. Hey, I had to, what did you see from this pitcher? I was just trying to put good wood on the ball. Adley is okay with looking at these and making the pitcher throw a strike. And he knows that he's got the better of that pitcher in that situation. Um, And I don't know what you call it. It, It's, I mean, I said confidence and and everything like that, but it's, it's something that we can't even really explain who takes six pitches in a row, but the base is loaded in a tie game in the eighth inning coming off the bench. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It's something, like I said, that we have not seen. And that's what makes him so, so special. And we're going to continue to talk about what's made him special. And for Adley Rutschman, it was, you know, a little bit of a slow start. And then he got going and he did not stop. And as everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks. But when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. And Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. And you'll love it because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing 
that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or you're unable to respond. And Simply Safe, it blankets your home with protection, advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, and HD security cameras for inside and outside the home. So don't miss this chance to save big. When you protect your home with the best, get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. You can customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. So go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So we're here with Joe Paparato of WBAL talking about Adley Rutschman's incredible rookie season with the Orioles in 2022. And we just discussed really his best trade at the plate, which is the plate discipline, but he put the ball in play sometimes this year as well. He produced some runs for the Orioles. He had 13 home runs on the season and the big number was the 35 doubles. So I wanted to talk about the power a little bit because as we know, you know, he struggled from the right side and that's something we're going to get to as well. He only hit one of his 13 homers from the right side, but the new Camden yards doesn't really play to right-handed power hitters anymore with the big wall. So he gets the 12 homers from the left side. He hits the 35 doubles. The thing this made me think about was like the 2013 era Manny Machado when he had about a 50 double season and he was still, you know, right around a 20 homer guy with 50 doubles. And then they always said kind of that old baseball adage, which actually isn't true all the time that like, Oh, those doubles are going to turn into homers when he gets stronger. That kind of happened for Manny because he was still a skinny kid back then. He gets the first injury. He comes back and those doubles turn into homers. Now, Adley's already a big guy. So my question is, do you think the doubles turn to homers for Adley Rutschman down the line? Uh, that's a really good question. And that's actually something when I was writing down some notes that I really wanted to emphasize when I was writing it down. Um, and I went directly back to Manny Machado as well. Um, it did wind up working out for him. Um, I think the doubles, I think that's that's definitely a a contact thing. Adley hits his line drive percentage is really high above MLB average. So I think over time, when he does become even more confident and recognizes even more pitches and gets more season under his belt, I don't see why those couldn't rise why the, why the doubles why the trajectory the um swing path could not get out more especially since he is a lot better uh as a left-handed hitter um but what's wild is that because he is such a he is a pool hitter so he won't be going to left center when he's hitting left-handed um that'll that'll be tough he he can do it but he's definitely more of a pool hitter but his um his hard hit rate is actually not very high, um, which is which is pretty wild. So maybe they don't maybe the doubles don't turn into home runs because they aren't totally barreled up most of the time. Um, but you you saw what you saw what Manny did, and I think over time, I think because he is a line drive hitter, I think that can translate into eventually hitting hitting more home runs, but. I'm fine with him doing what he's doing. That's the thing. He doesn't have to be the guy that hits 25 to 30 home runs because he does and he makes up for it in so many other aspects of his game. 
And it's not like, you know, the launch angle was an issue at all. I mean, it's not like he was hitting ground ball doubles down the line. I mean, you know, he was an average about 15, 16 degrees, which means he's still hitting the ball in the air a good amount for the Orioles. It's just something you mentioned. He was in the 31st percentile in hard hit rate. I mean, that's you look at his baseball savant page. You're always looking for the red, you know, all the dials. He wasn't really hitting it hard. I mean, he was league average in barrel percentage. So he wasn't getting those, you know, sweet spot contacts all the time. Again, not hitting it as hard as possible. So maybe it's just a point of when he starts hitting the ball as hard as he did in the minors, maybe they will, you know, turn into home runs. And that's okay because he was a rookie. And you know what? It's fine if it's just 13 home runs. But something that kind of goes along with maybe the the hard hit struggles a little bit is something I wanted to touch on, which was the struggles against lefties, the struggles from the right side of the plate. It was so interesting because, Joe, all of his numbers in the minors – He was better from the right side of the plate. Now, as I watched him in the minor leagues, I always thought his swing just looks a little bit sweeter from the left side. Maybe I'm just biased. I like lefty swings better. But Mm -hmm. I always thought, still watching him, like he's going to be good from both sides because he can hit both guys. But here's what we got in the majors. A 280 average against righties from the left side with a 155 WRC+. plus, A 173 average against lefties from the right side. And that was just a 64 WRC+. plus. Are you concerned at all long term, or do you just think it was a rookie year thing? Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned uh, long term. I do think it's a rookie thing. I I do think that they're not facing as many lefties, um, so the sample size isn't as big, and so maybe that was just a part of his game that he wasn't consistently doing as much. Um, Obviously, he was he was getting chances to hit every single day, uh, starting in in June. I know they brought him up a little a little slow, and then he was finally working his way into everything. But yeah, that's uh, I mean we see that a lot with with switch hitters. Sometimes they'll have an off year in their splits, or sometimes their splits are reversed. Um, I definitely don't think it's time to press the panic button whatsoever. I think he's definitely a smart enough guy, and I think that he'll take what happened as a right-hander this year, look at it in the offseason. Uh, there's so much technology now, and the Orioles have invested so much money in this stuff that I don't think there's any doubt that he'll be able to make the adjustments and be able to start making a little more contact right-handed. You see a lot of switch hitters. There a lot of power from the left, average from the right. Uh, for the most part. And I think that's probably what he will wind up doing. He, I don't think he'll have a lot of pop right-handed, especially with the wall. Um, so he'll definitely have to just try to make more contact and make, make better decisions pitch-wise, like we were talking about with, with pitch recognition, um, seeing the ball a little better. Um, maybe he'll just have to start making a little more contact right-handed instead of being so selective. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at kind of deeper into the stats. I mean, his strikeout rate was a little worse from the right side, but his walk rate was the same. So he's still seeing pitch as well. He actually hit more, a higher percentage of hard hit balls. He was 32% hard hit from the right side, 30% hard hit from the left side. So I think these things will iron themselves out. I don't think we have a Cedric Mullen situation on our hands <laughs> where he's going to go full lefty. Obviously it worked for Cedric. Yeah. I don't think that's happening here. Um, I think he'll be just fine. So The last thing we got to talk about here is the defensive side of it, because what makes him really, really elite and not just good is that defense. He is already one of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball, top 10 in pretty much every framing metric that is out there. 
And, you know, he is not going to win a gold glove this year. He's not on the finalist list, but I think for years to come, he's going to be on that list. The throwing was good. It was, it looked a little shaky early, but he pulled it together. The framing was just elite. It is outstanding to watch him frame the baseball. And I didn't know any other way to pose this question. So I'm just going to pose it like this after watching Pedro Severino and company (laughs) over the past three years, just how excited were you to see Adley Rutschman just catch back there? Uh, that was probably the most – I think that was the part of his game that I was most excited about. We all knew he could – we all knew that he could hit, um, that he was an elite hitter. And you could hear from Mike Elias and scouts and managers about how he is behind the plate, but you never know until you actually see it. So – it was exciting to really see what he was going to be able to do back there. And just the way that he, that he receives the ball um, just looks just so much more natural. Um, And he takes so many strikes away from, uh, he takes so many strikes that our balls outside of the zone um, steals them. And I'm, I'm worried when there's going to be, robot umpires he won't be able to get away with that anymore but he's really really natural at that um his caught stealing percentage is well above league average um and it's not just his his defense that's been good it's the way that he is able to help and support the pitching staff and work them along because they're they're the same age and that was to me the most surprising part you know, you see after an inning, a strikeout to end the inning, he's more pumped than the pitcher is because he knew that the, the game plan and the execution was perfect. And he's just as he's just as much throwing that ball as the pitcher is. And that to me is the most impressive part about him as a catcher is that he was able to really help out these young pitchers like Kramer and Bradish and and Watkins. Um, those three guys really elevated their game. And I, I don't think it's any coincidence that it had a lot to do with, with Adley behind the plate. You know, him going out to the line after every inning, whether it was a striking out the side or whether a guy gave up a four spot. I mean, he's out there to greet his pitcher, the hugs he gives, you know, mostly Felix or Jorge or whoever was closing out the game this year for the Orioles, obviously for, for 83 wins, we got to see a lot of hugs from Adley uh, to the pitcher who closed it out in the ninth, but just the energy he brings to the team and just the all around baseball player. He is already, and just the consistency as well. We won't go too deep into this, but you know, he never had a month where he hit 300. Like he never even hit over 280, I think in a month, but he also, except for that first month in May, when he struggled, I don't think he ever hit like under 250 in a month. And those aren't like, you know, super great stats. That's just batting average, but in general, mm-hmm. To have that kind of consistency as a rookie is absurd because guys are just going to go through dips. And he went through a little dip at the beginning and he said, that's enough for me. Uh, I'm going to be this consistent, you know, 400 plus on base guy who I think his average will go up as this hard hit rate goes up. It's not just going to be the home runs. It's, it's going to be the average as well. But, you know, Joe, at the end of these episodes I've been doing, I've been asking, you know, what are we going to talk about this time next year when we discuss this guy? I think everyone's in agreement that Adley Rutschman probably has the inside track to be the starting catcher for the American League in the All-Star game next year. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm saying MVP votes, but he probably wouldn't most valuable Oriole again like he did this year and will be a star in this league at age 25 next season. 
So here's the way I'll phrase it. More about this offseason. Two-parter, would you try to extend him right now? And have you thought anything about what kind of years and numbers you would throw his way after one really impressive big league season? Uh, I would have, I would extend him yesterday. And you see, it's rare that you're going to find a talent like this as a catcher. And I knew that we all thought that Matt Weeders was, was that guy. And Matt Weeders had a, a fine career um, with, with the Orioles, but you can already tell and sense that Ali's going to be better than that. He's going to get, he's going to have more gold gloves, more all-star games, um, more better accolades. Uh, he's going to be a better hitter. No, no disrespect to, to weeders. It's just, that's how, that's how much better Adley is. So with this special talent in a position that is pretty thin across the board in baseball, that's just how it is. Um, I think you definitely have to wrap him up, um, do what the Braves have done. I don't know what the Braves have done. I don't know whether they've, they've tied up their players, put them in a room and tell them that they're, they're not gonna, they're They're not going to see people or something. I don't, I don't know what's happening over there. They're doing something, but they need to take that philosophy and add it to, and tell Adley, you will be the greatest Orioles catcher of all time. If you stay here long term, you will be an icon to this state, to this city. Um, and I know I'm getting way, way ahead of myself on that. Um, but that's what we're looking at right now. Just as far as the trend of his of his numbers, as far as the the hype to him growing up in the minors and what he has already done. Um as a player that looks like he's been here for a very long time. So yes, I would definitely do that. Um, I don't know what it would take right now, uh, but it would certainly, I think, take, um, uh, you know, a lot of the first year extensions seem to have been the 85 million range um, buyout, his arbitration years and first two years of, of free agency. And he's here for at least, seven, eight years. Um, and the second part of your question is what could the numbers look like next year or going forward? Uh, I think that we will see, uh, we will see more home runs. He will get more confident in that. Um, I say probably let's, let's raise it to 25 home runs and the average I think we'll definitely go up because I think naturally, I think he will hit better right-handed. So I think it will go up. I think we'll probably see like, 270 I think is is pretty fair raising it about 16 points and the walks are going to be there the strikeout rate is going to be low I just think that the the translation of the power numbers I think will eventually go up I think the the walks are what they are um he can he could be a hundred walk guy like a Juan Soto if he wanted to be um so he already has shown that he has a great batter's eye and fantastic pitch selection and so I don't, I don't see any of the numbers dipping. I can only see them go, getting better. So power numbers are up. Uh, walk rate will stay the same. Strikeout rate will, will obviously stay the same. And, yeah, you are looking at the all-star AL catcher for the next foreseeable future. Yeah, that's the hope. And, and the other thing is, you know, even if he's hitting 270, that's not like the sexiest number, but he's going to have a 400 on base percentage. So sure. he's still doing what you need. 
And in terms of the extension, like I'd sign him to one yesterday, just like you. I don't know what those numbers would look like if it's like an eight year, 150 million, 160 million, you know, what, whatever it may be. Let's get it done. And here's the other thing, you know, we've talked about is this liftoff for the Orioles. And Mike Elias has said that for this offseason. What better way to kick that off than even before the free agency starts, you lock him up and you show the free agents across baseball that, hey, the Orioles aren't just saying this. They're doing it. They locked up one of the best players, the best catcher I saw all year is going to be my teammate for as long as I sign in Baltimore. That's got to feel pretty good for other free agents. And I think, obviously, that, you know, maybe priority number one above adding players is locking up badly this offseason. But, Joe, thank you so much for joining us to talk about undoubtedly the best player on this Orioles team this year as a rookie. He's living up to the hype. It's going to be exciting to see him continue to do that. And I think uh, both of us are excited to uh, watch him get back on the field come springtime. Absolutely. I, I just hope that we did him justice in this in this session here. But uh, thank you so much. This is always a great time to, to, to do this this time of year. And I'm glad we were able to tap Adley and, and prove that he is the best catcher in baseball. So thank you very much. Yeah, I think that is the case. That was Joe Paparato of WBAL. Thank him so much for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow on the podcast, continuing our player review series from the 2022 Orioles season. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.